Welcome back to another episode of NFT Catcher Podcast. We'd like to remind everybody that nothing on the show is meant as financial advice, and to please do your own research. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Now the subject is NFT. They're known as non-fungible tokens, or NFTs. NFTs are floating in popularity. This is a technology that will forever change the way people interact. So it is happening whether you understand it and like it or not. This phenomenon is you have now joined Jenny from the Blockchain and Michael Keane on the NFT Catcher Podcast. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the NFT Catcher Podcast with me, Jenny from the Blockchain, and my co-host, Michael Keane. For our first interview of 2024, we have Outer Lumen joining us. She is a data visualization designer and NFT traits researcher outer lumen welcome to the show hey thanks for having me i i didn't realize i was starting off the <laughs> the year that's that's awesome I feel yeah you're, yeah you're kicking it off for us for this interview so we're excited to have you on thanks for joining yeah this is pretty dope i'm i'm pretty stoked i have no idea where we're gonna take this but uh, <laughs> i'm excited to be on, on on the road with you guys sweet that's what's up yeah heck yeah you know i i've Everybody knows I love Coffee with Captain, and you are a regular on there, and I've always been really interested to hear what, what you talk about. And then you, recently you were on talking about the traits research you've been doing, and I just found that so fascinating. So we want to invite you on, and, and we can get into whatever comes up. I have a bunch of questions. I probably, Jenny probably has a couple. We like to start. We'll get into your history. But anything you want to bring up and chat about, we're all we're all good with. Sounds good. I'm yeah. down. Cool. Yeah, Michael was definitely like, we got to have Outer Lumen on. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to have you on the show. I do want to get into your background first on how you got into Web3. Yeah, that's always the, the monumental question, right? Like, how <laughs> did we all end up in this corner of, <laughs> of, of the world? So my, my partner came into the kitchen in 2013. And he's like, you know, I think I'm going to get some Bitcoin. But I have to like go on this journey to do it. This fairy tale of fairy tales to like do this one thing and then another thing and then another thing. And hopefully there'll be like a deposit at some point. Because back then, like you, you, you know. So that happened in 2020, um, in, in 2013. And then 2017 came and I was like, okay, this is, this is heating up. Like this is really, this is something, this is wild. But we, you know, before that celebrated like Bitcoin going from like, I think 40 bucks to 450. And we were like, this is incredible. I can't believe it's $450. Like we made a killing, you know, which is so hilarious um, to think about now. But back then, you know, you, you don't have that 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 foresight, right? And I think it's such a hard thing to like to 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 measure those things as as you kind of like experience it. So then 2017, of course, you know, is a, is a craze. And then I, I I like put a bunch in closer to the top. And I remember another like big moment in the space where I'm like, hey, what happens now? Like everything went back down. And he looked at me and smiled. And he's like, nothing. Like you just you just wait. Like this is how this works. So that was 2017. Um, and at that point, I guess IRL maybe would be some context too. Um, my partner and I are exhibiting artists, but also like scientists as well and, and devs kind of like navigating that part of life. And so I had a, a really cool artist talk series and there was an artist that I invited to speak 
And she mentioned punks and crypto kitties. It would have been 2018, I want to say. But that didn't make me want to go and get into it, unfortunately. Uh, so I didn't join the NFT journey until I think I want to say maybe January of 2021. Somewhere there, like somewhere between January and February. I remember the boy was on OpenSea. That would have been March, I guess. Yeah. So at the time it was like hash masks and, and then apes came out. And that was kind of like, I guess, the bigger PFP project. But I got into um, a couple of art, like niche things that were more exhibited in galleries. But yeah, the journey came from from crypto and from DeFi. And it was hard to justify. I'd be like, how do you like, why would I take money out that's making me money and buy a picture on chain? So that part of it was was kind of weird. But from the IRL art, art side, I was already aware of a lot of blockchain artists that were actually using blockchain as a medium to create works. The two kind of like converged in, in my mind as PFP culture, but then also as this like notion of fine art and digital with the blockchain as a medium for art. So yeah, I'll pause there, but that's <laughs> that's how the journey happened. I already have questions. I already. First of all, okay, you, you said your partner bought into Bitcoin when it was $40. And then you guys watched it go to 400, which was like shocking because I, I mean, a 10x, that's amazing. Did he sell any of it? Um, or was he like, you know what, I'm here for the the long term? Like, was he like a long term poddler? Or was he like, I see this 10x, I gotta sell. So I think the big Bitcoin win for us was selling a Bitcoin to purchase a vehicle. We got into a car Ooh. accident. Somebody ran a, a red oh, light. No. Yeah. And they totaled our car. We were not going to buy a car that was not on the bingo card for that year. But we kind of did the math and we were just like, you know, Bitcoin's like pretty high right now. I think it was close to 50 grand, I want to say. So we sold one. We just bought a car. So our car in the driveway That's is a Bitcoin. Awesome. That <laughs> um, is amazing. But that was a big thing just because like, yeah, it just made sense uh, at the time. And that was one of the like bought for $40, sold for like 40000 plus dollar wins. Um, but it was spurred by like the necessity of like their success in Web3, I think, and like rocking a you know a cool PFP or like having some kind of a higher asset or just like rocking with your community. But then there's also a reflection that occurs when you're like, well, what am I doing IRL and how is my real life impacted here? And that transition of like maybe it could be perceived as a, a potential loss or an exit out of the casino, if you will, of it all in, in digital currency and collectibles. But then it's a huge win in real life. And so, you know, it's kind of like, well, nobody nobody cares that we have a new car and we don't have any debt on it. But at the same time, that's something that we just financially don't have to worry about. That's a good thing for our family and well-being. And those two are such a like, I don't know if you guys have that or not, but it's such an interesting thing to balance that like IRL win versus the Web3 win. That is, yeah, Michael, go ahead. Go oh, ahead. I was going to say, no, I, I remember weighing the same exact things during the last uh, during the last bull run, like, you know, oh, I could just take a, a little bit of this ETH and buy a new car, you know, like, yeah. also there's these other JPEGs I want to be cool in these clubs that are happening and everybody's in them. And yeah, there, there's definitely a lot of push and pull there. Yeah. For me, I, I think, and for a lot of DGENs, it's like, that's what they struggle with is, you know, oh, they're rich on the internet, but bringing that to real life, it just feels totally different. And I have always 
you know, I don't really need much to survive in the real world. And, you know, I, I like having my NFTs and crypto and stuff, but it is sometimes you just think like, man, if I just sold out of everything, you know, you kind of start thinking about that. But okay, I also wanted to bring up hash masks because you mentioned that you got into NFTs, you know, January 2021. Hash masks, man, what a throwback. We were looking at Crypto Slam the other day, the all-time chart on Crypto Slam. Hash masks is number 17 in terms of um NFT collections ranked by sales volume and it which is so crazy like it's still at the top there with $329 million in sales, which is so crazy. And I do remember when hash masks were just, everybody was going crazy over them. Um, and you ended up working uh, for hash masks, right? I did, yeah. I ended up working with hash masks for almost two years and then ended up working with Yuga for eight months. So I kind of wild to of all the things, like of all the projects, I guess, or like NFT projects in the space to have worked with the hash masks and the apes. Like it's just, it is so weird to me. I don't know. And, and like, I did not plan for any of these things. I had my own, had my own consulting company, um, IRL. And so, you know, like I take on clients and I do a lot of like data information design type stuff. I work with government clients, like I'm not unhappy with, with what I do. Public speak a lot, um, teach workshops. Like it's it's good. And then this this kind of thing was interesting because I'm like we. So at the time, uh, I think it would have been maybe end of April, no, end of May, um, when Apes launched. My husband and I were like let's get like we went through a bunch of Apes. He went through the hash masks, and we the the floor was one ETH. I want to say for both at around that time. And so we got one of each and I took the hash mask and he took the ape and I went into like the hash mask discord and kind of just started like vibing and doing stuff. And I found the project really interesting. And so like, you know, as one thing led to another and it ended up joining the team and, 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 and working for for a while. We did like a big show at Scope Gallery for at Basel. There was like a bunch of different things that ended up happening. There's like a an, a, an additional art collection that the founders started and then didn't finish that we ended up picking up and delivering to the community. So yeah, there was some really cool moments um, in the project. And I like the project a lot. What I like the most about it is it is kind of that like 2021, like PFP kind of kickoff, but yet it's not a PFP, which I think is really interesting. But it connects, it, it collects name change tokens and you can dynamically change the name of a hash mask on chain if you have enough name change tokens. And those will keep accumulating until 2031. They put that in the contract for a decade. And that's what I find most interesting about the hash masks that like, I think it's one of these sleeper things that I'm curious to know what's going to happen when some like, some person's going to be like, oh, NFTs, you know, historical NFTs. And like, you know, in 2035, it'll be like, whoa, name change tokens. Let's go naming stuff. So I don't know. It's going to be, I'm curious. Like this to me is a very long, long term, lots of patience kind of project i'm curious to see what's going to happen around that scarcity when they're no longer accumulating any but yeah so that experience led me to meet some like pretty amazing people and so as my paths crossed with somebody there when i wrapped up my 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 tenure with the hash masks my plan was to go back and work on on my coffee table book on traits and my research there but then a, a friend i met through the hash mask knocked on the door and was like hey kind of need you to 
to join Yuga and help out with some stuff. So I'm like, okay, fine. I'll do that. Um, you know, that makes sense. Okay. Um, so then, yeah. And now I'm back in that, like, where I left off a while ago now, just trying to go back to my research in my book because I keep on taking these, like, these side plots in my Web3 journey. So, yeah. That's, well, I'm bullish on the next project you join. I'll say that. <laughs> I'll be listening for that. Hashrex, this is really niche, and Andy's going to remember this, and very few other people will. But Hashmasks did a collab with this uh, company called Terra Virtua, like oh, early, that- like April, May, June, July, 2021, somewhere in there. And they were selling. Is there anything with that? I'm actually, because I, I bought some of those early. I don't and they even were like, remember. They were, uh, that you weren't part of it when that went down. Whatever I joined it, it in November of 2021. So okay. that would have been so yeah, like before, as a, as a team member. That, yeah. yeah. My first, gotcha. my first month was November 21. So I don't okay. really know, It's I, not I, even, but I was, yeah. but I was in the community, but I'm trying to remember like that part of it. I remember the big thing was um, like the whole bow tied bull community and the clown masks. They, they started naming banks after like, like all the banks. And so they would buy up clown masks and on chain name them after banks mm. to the point that they were all displayed in Times Square. Like in March of 2021, they had this giant display of clown masks. And then they had a website you can go visit and see all the banks. And finally, I forgot which bank, but they did like an open sea, you know, like whatever DCA, like, hey, can, can they take this down? Mm-hmm. And the whole community celebrated, right? They were like, hey, this was exactly the point. We finally trolled somebody enough that they filed a takedown request without knowing that it's still on chain. And and that was, yeah, that was that was pretty hilarious. But it also drove um the price of the trade, which is such an interesting thing, right? We talk we think about that a lot. Like it, you know, valuable traits and, and rare traits and if community can actually do anything around a trade to drive up the value of a specific trade despite rarity, the clown mask is not particularly rare in the collection. But when you have a whole community bringing this like camaraderie and and and, and bonding around a specific goal, like it was wild to see how much more expensive it was to get a clown mask and, and name it after a bank because that was the utility. Like, can you be a part of that club or not? Yeah. I remember that really early on and yeah it's it's an experience i i definitely like have in the back of my mind when i think about traits and trait utility is that part of what you research the price action when you're when you're working on your book no not at all um so for me what i'm most interested in so this kind of twofold one of the other things that i do irl is i'm a researcher um so like you know have a google scholar page have a bunch of published research at the beginning, it was mostly quantitative Just like research. Jenny. Jenny has that stuff too. Ayo, yeah. No, yeah. no, do not believe in my definitely don't. Not no. trying to take extra credit. <laughs> um, so yeah, I started kind of first as a quantitative researcher in public health, but then I shifted a lot to like science communication and, you know, art and technology research. So one of the things I'm really interested in, it's kind of like twofold. On the research side, um, I really want to look at like the cultural significance of the identity that we have created through PFP, starting with the punks and what traits have, like we have proliferated, which new traits we have added. Um, what does it, like, what is a self-reflection of our, um, like our collective degeneracy when you go to like NFTX and look at the punks and, and you look at like skin color there, like who's flooring what? 
like there's a self-reflection th- that happens. So I'm really interested to collaborate with a couple of like cultural study profs on looking at some of that research in my data. But that's like me as me, not me as Outer Lumen. As Outer Lumen, I'm really, I love coffee table books. I love database coffee table books. And so what I'm doing instead as, as like a, you know, a fun database designer is I'm, I'm making like really hilarious visualizations, exploring kind of like who had the first beanie trait, who had the first this trait, what is the history of a certain trait? One other thing that's interesting to me is like if you take like 3D glasses, for instance, there is like a specific way that anaglyph glasses are designed with specific colors. And it's interesting how like some projects were very true to the science behind that and other projects just like don't care and reverse them. So there's like a lot of nuance in, in this in this data, even questions like what's the most common animal? How many derivatives are there? What's the project with the most derivatives? Like I'm only doing the first volume on proof of work on Ethereum, but this expands to like being able to do a volume two on proof of stake or going at like like some of the other like salt NFTs and looking at traits there. But yeah, mainly I'm looking at a lot of firsts because I have the provenance in my database to be able to do that. And I can search traits across projects, which is something that you currently cannot do, especially when something like, like Renga decided to name their 3D glasses trait 2.5D. So if you just pull data, it's not enough, right? Like you actually have to know some of this, like, you know, there's a lot of like data grooming involved in in, in figuring out like how, how do you make 3D glasses come up for all projects when the nomenclature itself is is varied across projects. And so that got me thinking about like, and I mentioned this in my last talk at NFT NYC, like who, who is the, the traits engineer or the traits author, if you will, right? Like somebody... Somebody designs these names that everybody gets to know. And I think that like the language part of that is super interesting as well. Um, and I mean, like the goblins, I make fun of that a lot because I actually love it. Like the goblin traits are hilarious. They're a nightmare for me with the database, but I also love them because somebody was creative enough to like go outside the box a little bit and be funny. Yeah, you're, I saw that you spoke on the NFT NYC main stage about the history of NFT traits through creative data visualization. And also I had I have a solid amount of questions about NFT traits and I know Michael does too. But I'm wondering what is kind of like the most widely used trait amongst NFT collections? Yeah, I mean I haven't I don't have like that analyzed yet. A lot of the things for me that I have to do is like consider derivatives or not, right? Because most common traits are traits that the punks have started. So if you think about something that a punk has, that's proliferated the most, right? And I'm more interested in the opposite of that. Like, I'm curious about, like, what is what is a trait that very few projects have? What are, like, what are the novel traits that people come out with? And is that even advantageous? So, like, to your point, Michael, about, like, press action, I do look at, um, what I do look at are floors. Like, I'm really curious about, like, how a floor of a trait um, is related to its rarity in a collection, for instance, and if there's something else there that is the reason for it versus like, is it just purely based on rarity or is there something behind it? I think the the mead bits are a good example of that. Their 3D glasses are like crazy expensive compared to a lot of other projects. If you actually normalize the data and, and you look at it and you're like, I don't understand why. Most of them are like two and a half times and these guys are like way higher. I mean, I haven't looked at it in, in, in a bit, but yeah, it's um, it's really interesting to me. But as far as like the most common trait, I haven't done that. So I don't have an answer for you there, but mostly are like 
punk traits, like 3D glasses, anything iconic that's punk. Even the fact that there were zombies and apes, right? Like if you think about the idea of having apes in general, right? Like the animals that, that the very first animal that appeared in with, if you're starting with the punks, our apes, they created monkeys as part of that, right? Or apes as part of the, the collection. There's a zombie and, and, and the yeah. Ho- the so, hoodie obviously is a, is an yeah, iconic one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, and there's, I mean, it's interesting. The next project that I go to often to see like what connected and what was new is actually Avastar's project, mm. just because that's a, another PFP project. It, it's pretty early, right? Before the crazy 2021 20, kind of rush of everything else. But yeah, one of the things that I found fascinating when I first did a data poll, I want to say this would have been early 2022, I set my parameter because I had to find a method that would work for me to get all of this data. And I set my parameters to just like pull collections from OpenSea. And I found out quickly that their cap is 55,000 collections. And so I pulled the most recent 55,000, but my code was set to only pull any collection that has a volume of over 0.01. So I, I didn't want to get rugs, right? Because there's so many that are just like, yeah. So I wanted to have a little bit of trading volume just so I can limit it. But even out of those 55,000, I only pulled four. Just to give that, you, yeah. Isn't that yeah. wild? Yeah, that yeah. Is Wait, wild. I don't get it. I don't get it. So you pulled all the collections that have more trading volume than 0.01, but there's only four? No. So at the time, this would have been in, 2022 and early 2022 but past the crazy like rush of like so in if you look if you track like how many projects were dropped july is like a pretty big peak of 2021 and august is like and then september is probably the most i haven't i don't have the graph in front of me but like the volume of collections just being launched because everyone's like hey Mm -hmm. you know there's tutorials out now everybody flood in we're all going to mint 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 projects right and so coming off of that in early 2022, um, what I do is I, I went into OpenSea's API and I said, hi, can you please give me every collection that meets the following criteria? So I said I want 721s only and I want there to be a trading volume of more than 0.01 and I actually wanted the supply to be more than 5,000. That was my first pull, just experimenting, right? And so what OpenSea does is it goes from the most recent one minted but it only goes back 55,000. Like that's the limit. You can't do more than that. So I had to actually have a whole new, I had to devise a whole new method for pulling. But so, so if you picture in, in, in 2022 of like January, I think when I did it, I requested the most recent 55,000 collections. And out of those, only four met my criteria. So in 2022 of January, I pulled the most recent 55K and only four of them had trading volume of over 0.01, supply of over 5,000, and were 721s, which to me, they're rugs, right? Like they just. Right. You're basically saying there was so much garbage. Only four projects met your criteria. Actually had volume, like actually right. sold. What were actually. those four projects? Oh, geez. You know? No, well, I, I don't remember. In Jan- if it was the end of January, yeah, it would have been, been Crypto Bats by. Ozzy Osbourne, it would have been the my homies because they were they were recently in, in doing that homies in Dreamland, Cheech and Chong. As um, soon as I, I got well, that data back, I was like, "This I, I want 
all the projects, right? You don't want just right. four. So I actually right. had to redo my methodology for the way that I'm scraping data entirely. And so instead, I got um, just under 20,000 wallets of like super prominent collectors, but also new collectors, but just like pulled as many as I could from lists, but also enough that I won't crash the system. And then I started pulling collections from those from those wallets. That allowed me to amass almost, what do I have, like 7,700. So quite a lot on proof of work. And my cutoff is proof of work. Like I'm just, I just want to constrain it to that. So yeah, and I actually reduced it. Like I made it 0.001 for volume and for trading volume. And I made the supply 1,000 because I wanted to include random things like toy boogers. And, and there's a couple other things too, right? Like I know gutter cats exist, but they're actually not 721. So I had to manually add them. Like there's a couple of PFP considerations I had to do for my data. But yeah, anyway, but, but that was what was wild to me with that data pool was just like, holy, this is like every single person that can mint collection is trying to mint the collection coming off that tale of like the 2021 fall of of the of the bull run it was wild yeah that's really telling for sure uh one of the one of the things you said that has stuck with me literally ever since every time i look at an nft collection you said this on coffee with captain that the most important thing to you when looking at a pfp is the eyes right <laughs> the, the, yeah. the view you know it's like the window to the soul and now, like, I was actually looking to upgrade my mutant, and I can barely find one that I like because there's no good eyes. Like the mutants are like, they're so they're terrible, yep. right? Yep. Yeah, I, I like they, the wide eye trait for the mutants for the one ones and him too. The wide eyes, I gotta look at that. The ones I've been looking at are the uh, the grin, the different grins because those usually have like uh, you don't want the snot face. No, no I don't exactly. I don't want the. <laughs> the I don't want the. the the slime running down the face. That's what I'm not. He into. has that already. That's literally our podcast I know. cover. <laughs> I know. But he hates so, it. Yeah. Oh, no. I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't say I hate it. Well, but I'm I don't used think to your old pep pen, right? Like, I don't. Yeah, I, that's yeah. that's my. Yeah, I've had that for a while now. I like that. That's custom, That's not even an NFT. That was custom made it. by. Uh, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Now check the, out the eyes. They're they're interesting. The wide eyes actually change color, I think, depending on what. The, the I think the I do need to check fur, that one out. The fur type is because I think yeah. the cheetah one, if I remember correctly, for M1 says heterochromia, so they're two different colors of eyes, oh, wow. which is a really cool trait in general for yeah. the projects that do have heterochromia. What is it about the eyes? Talk about that a little bit, and what have mm -hmm. you seen? Kind of did it start with the punks, or why is that? Like, how does that work? What What do you think about the that? eyes? To me, yeah. Um, really started with the hash mask. So the hash mask um, that that I have now is my PFP um, is is called Outer Lumen on chain. And my partner like dug through a bunch and he's like, I think you might like this one, but look yourself. And I have blue eyes and I really wanted like something with, with blue eyes to represent that I have them. And so I was really pleasantly like surprised that the hash masks had different eye colors. So we looked through a bunch and we found one with blue eyes. And then I really like um, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. I think that book is really great. And to me, kind of really represents that like idea of just curiosity. And I think that if you maintain that that curiosity all the way until like end of life, you can make a whole day seem like really, really long because that's what kids do when they're really like young and they don't have like years and years of life yet. The days are really long. And as you 
grow older, days become shorter because everything is not new anymore and you've experienced it before and that skews your perception of time passing. And I wanted to somehow experiment with how I could make my days seem long even though I'm getting older. And the way that I find you do that is by staying extremely curious and experiencing a lot of new things because it it seems to, it's like, kind of like when you hike into an unknown place, it takes forever to get there, but the way back, it's really fast. And you're like, oh, I don't know why this is so fast on the way to the car, because you've already done it. That's why. But the way there, it's exciting and new. So so that was like a big thing for me to have the Alice's Adventures in Wonderland book. So we, so that one was like, yeah, okay, this totally works. I like the blue eyes and I like the book. This will be a great like PFP for a while. But then because I got the blue eyes on this one, I kind of just got obsessed with with like PFP eyes. <laughs> so when I picked out my mutant, it took me like four hours because you're right. I was like, oh, my God. OK, <laughs> these are like, yeah, there's some really incredible art. And then there's also some like really like I think anyone can find something to vibe with in there, depending on like how they skew in their taste. That's <laughs> kind of because when they first came out, I don't know if you remember, it was like August and and everyone was revolted, like all at the same time. We're just like, what just hit us? Like, what exactly? Yeah. I remember one prominent cheetah, like one prominent cheetah ape posted cheetah gang with a question mark, I guess. Yeah. And it was like a yeah. weird looking. Yeah. I oh, it's crazy. It's it's so funny. Like just how like they, you know, they hovered and nobody even kind of like wanted. And then suddenly something happened. And everyone's like, I need a mutant. So, yeah. It took me a while to pick mine out, but the wide eyes, as soon as I saw those like wide blue eyes on the M2, I just filtered everything by the blue wide eyes. And then I saw, okay, like what's available, what's reasonable. And I had the craziest thing happen to me, actually, and we were talking about it. I bought that mutant and I went into a space, just like as you do, random space, because I was excited. I changed it, my PFP. And I show up on my friend Phil's face, who wasn't my friend at the time, but is now my friend. Um, and <laughs> I hear, like, as you know, like you go through the portal of spaces and then you like show up and I hear like the tail end of somebody like, hey, that's my mutant. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's now my mutant. So I met Ben, who I actually happened to buy that from in a space randomly. Like I bought the mutant. Ben.eat? Hopped into no, hopped into a random space, um, and yeah, it was it was totally ridiculous that I met him. Um, Ben used to be with the Deadheads project, I believe. It's not Ben Donnie; it's another Ben. Um, and then, and yeah, it was just yeah, we just like you know touched base um, throughout the years. But it was kind of amazing to to meet the person. Like, how often does that happen? You know, you buy an NFT, you hop into space and you meet the person you just bought it from. It's ridiculous. Like, I, I can't even believe I'm telling this story, but I lived it. Like, it's it's so ridiculous. And then, yeah, I, when I got hired at, um, at Yuga and I posted, he's like, hey, this is wild. You still have that thing. I'm like, I still have the mutant that I got from you like two years ago or whatever. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know. I, I love those kind of like NFT stories that just, don't make any sense, but yet they happen. That's crazy. You said you have 7,700 projects in your database? Yeah. The that's ones pretty... that, yeah, the ones that meet right. my criteria. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. No, I mean, that's, that's pretty awesome. I wanted to ask what kind of, uh, is there anything that surprised you? What are some of the most interesting things you've come across? I mean, <laughs> the most interesting thing for me is 
being privy to all of this like provenance for traits, if that makes sense. Like somebody, you know, I'll go, I'll be scrolling Twitter and someone's like, oh my God, this is the, such an amazing skin trait for like some project. I don't know. And I'm like, yeah, no. It's been <laughs> used seven times before. Here, right? Yeah. Like here's a project that's already used this. And sometimes if I'm feeling zany enough, I'll go find it, pull it and just reply with it. Like <laughs> dun, dun, dun. it's been done before. So I think it's like, it's the fact that I'm actually glad you asked this question. It's the fact that I'm no longer surprised if that makes sense. And it's almost sad maybe because I'm being too deep. I don't know, but I want to be surprised. I, I want to be like, wow, this is incredible. But more often than not, it's like, yep, uh-huh, yep. So one thing I thought about doing, and maybe you guys can give me some feedback on this because I haven't talked about it yet. Um, and I am like a, you know, a, a nerdy numbers person. But I was thinking of developing like a an index to rate a PFP project based on its traits novelty. Like how new is this and how innovative is this? And I'd have to do some some like serious deep dive into how I would of course I got you. It. Here's here's the idea. <laughs> you you take all seventy seven hundred and you do a rarity scale, like a universal rarity scale, where, um, like, the number one from eh, what's the most rare trait across every project? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So, so that's my plan. So, but my, my okay, yeah, yeah. okay. You already had that plan. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, so I'm I, do, I have. The, I'm behind what, the ball. My, the question. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. The question is more like, should this even exist? Should I come up with okay. like this this way of like quantifying you know like a, a score for a project for like a new for a new project right yeah exactly. or just Not, any of them yeah, like right, you know right. i could just be like yeah okay the yeah. hash masks based on you know like provenance but so much of it is temporal right like it has to do with when it was released as well because like if you're on if you're releasing something now if you have my data set you can and this is like maybe i'll do this if i get bored enough but like i could technically come up with a pfp project with all new traits to think about it, because right, I have the, the trait data. that's because, never because, been used because before. I have the yeah. data of all traits that have been done. I can come up with a project traits that have never been done. Right. It's funny. I'm I'm toying around with the idea. It's kind of interesting to me. Like as this, like you know, <laughs> it'd be pretty funny to try it. But yeah, the, there's there's some like there's some really fun fun deep dives for sure when 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 I'm looking at stuff mainly like just random stuff like found some weird unicorn project that had the first like buckethead trait you know just like I'm mm. deep diving stuff just to see someone was asking about check marks the faticorns is that the faticorns oh I don't remember the name of it no, okay remember the fatic we had whoever started the faticorns was that like uh wasn't that like the cool cats people. Uh, was it? Was that with? Yeah, Klon did work on that. I think was it. Faticorns is a classic early twenty twenty one. Yeah, I kind of want to find this out. I'll, the I'll Faticorns. Look, I'll... I don't think they <laughs> minted very well. <laughs> um, Outer Lumen, I could see you being like NFT trait consultant, like for new projects, being like, "Oh yeah, I see all these traits. Um, you know, that th those are those have all been used before. Here are some that haven't." Like, I feel like that'd be pretty valuable for new projects, like, if they're yeah, trying to be unique. It's, uh, I've definitely been approached a few times with some of these questions. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it, what I have to make a decision on what I want to do with my database at the end of the day as well, right? So I, I don't I don't plan on hoarding it once I put so much work into it. So I just have to think about how I want to 
release that so that other people can just look up 3D glasses and find all the projects and the timeline and all of that. So yeah, well, I don't know. My my first, the very first thing that's on my list now that I finally like have time again, <laughs> I haven't for a while, like fully deep diving Legends of the Mara for eight months was like a huge side plot to working on this book. Like it just can't, they can't do both of those things at once. It's like too much, too much brain power to, to like, like fully concentrate on that. But I'm excited to release a coffee table book. For me, I feel like every DGen is gonna like just have this like amazing history of some of the most prominent trades and what projects had them, which projects had them first. Um, I'm also doing some posters that I'm really excited about. One of them is like a you know like a tree of life evolution kind of poster. There's different like animal species, but I'm doing that with like animals in in in, in PFPs because there's like a whole animal kingdom. It's like I mean. I know you mentioned unicorns, but like you know, there's everything. You name oh, an you can find every right. Oh, you can find it's every hilarious. Animal. It is so funny. So so there's like you know there's that kind of stuff um, that I like. I it's have like a, the NFT arc or something. Like the NFT kind of, arc. Yeah, or, totally. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, One of my funny. favorite pages um, in the book is like a it's a double spread, and it's kind of like the Fifty Shades of 3D glasses, if you will, is. Everyone interpreted like the cyan and the magenta in, in different hues. So it looks almost like a Pantone spread, but I really love it because you have like the one eye on one side and the one on the other, but it's all different like blocks of different colors from different projects for the the reds and the blues that they chose. So it's like highly, it's highly visual because I, I mean, who likes to read these days, right? So I really just want the, the, the visuals to speak for themselves, but I love it's like a passion project because like, I'm my 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 goal is is the book, but really I'm just enjoying nerding out on it and also applying like my professional data viz skills that I often use for work to do something that I control that is purely creative and for me, which is so nice compared to like doing briefs for clients and whatever. You know what I mean? Like no one gets to tell me to do anything. I'm in complete control of like what I want to do creatively for this. So that part is is super exciting to me. Yeah, let us know when your book comes out. We're actually having uh, NFT Bark Steve on soon, and he just came out with the NFT book. Yes. So yeah, I love I love that people are coming out with you know books related to NFTs having to do with NFTs. Pre-order um, because... the every pre-order the everything token right now. Amazon. Absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. Steve. Yeah, I, love, I mean, I love coffee with Captain. I remember popping in there when it was those two and Drew. I don't know what episode it was, but it was so early. I don't know how many people were there, but not a lot. And like, I don't know. I just, it was a, it was a space that, um, I don't know. It was just like the right kind of space where you could like, but you, you listen to this show. You know what happens yeah. in coffee with Captain, and I, yeah. I love all of those ridiculous moments like it can just escalate to any level but somehow it stays like its course so yeah it's um it's been it's been super exciting to to be a part of that and i am excited for the book i mean i found some miranda i was at like i guess it's the the u.s equivalent of a tj maxx or whatever we have in canada they're called winners and i was browsing for some some sales on craft supplies and there's a book section and I saw like the metaverse by someone and I'm like damn okay here we go TJ Maxx has a book on the metaverse I'm game and I looked up this person on Twitter and they're active and they wrote a whole book on on the metaverse so yeah the the the, the more um 
the more NFT and, and crypto literature, I think, the better. And yeah, I, I don't know. I, like the idea of releasing a project for me is not necessarily out of the question, but I really need a strong why for that. Like I can't, I don't want to just put out like a PFP project. There has to be a really strong reason as to why yep. I would put out anything. It's yep. the same reason as to why like, like as an exhibiting artist, IRL, I, I've not done anything on chain because to me, like, like my favorite NFT project of all time ever is the worm. And it's the worm because you can't buy the worm. And the con conceptually to me, like, I just absolutely love people coming in there trying to bribe people to send them the worm. Like that is the best like example of, of culture in, in, in the space to create something that has to be given to you that you cannot purchase unless you are bribing people in Discord. And the more people bribe, the the harder, like the harder of a no it was, right? Because it's yeah, it's really funny. I don't know if you guys know the worm, but I, yeah. didn't, you, didn't you have it? Didn't you have it yeah. one time? Yeah. Yes. yeah, I had the worm and I it's so much pressure too when you have it because you're like, okay, I need all of my friends, you know, to, mm -hmm. to also get it. So you're trying to be strategic. You're like, okay, I'm going to send it to you. Then you send it to this. And, you know, and you're just trying to make sure your whole friend group gets the worm. Um, but yeah, I remember getting it kind of early on. I think I'm like 100 something. I don't know. But nice. yeah. And uh, and then I remember seeing them in person. They had the giant worm. Yeah, this plushy thing. And then it gave me a pen and they had this little pamphlet and I was like in it. I don't know why. I think they're like notable people with the worm, and I was in there, and I was like, "What?" But yeah, That's amazing. Um, Praise the worm me. is dope. Yeah, I love the worm. Yeah, well, in that kind of thing, like that's what I like about that project is they explored how like blockchain works and created a concept around it, as opposed to like thinking about the PFP culture specifically. Um, and I also like Sarah Friend's work. She did one called Life Forms. Where in the contract, if you don't transfer your life form within 90 days, it just like dies. So like it just you lose it. Um, there's three of them, I believe, in a museum somewhere where they keep sending them to like different wallets to preserve them, to keep them alive. Because, yeah, it does. Otherwise, it dies. And that, that, that kind of exploration, like conceptually on chain to me is that is the highest like watermark because I really like conceptual art. Like if you're talking about traditional art. So anyone and 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 Sarah Miojas too with Bitcoin, right? Like before it became Bitcoin on chain, and it was a concept, right? In like twenty fifteen, I think twenty sixteen, this whole idea of like fractional ownership, and yeah, I don't know. I just I really like those kind of concepts. So when I self reflect on like how would I what would I do on on chain, it would definitely be more related to like some kind of block related um, art and a concept. Um, but that does not mean that I don't like to collect all kinds of PAPs and explore things. I think there's a difference in, for now, being like a, an investigator, if you will, and a, and a, and a commentator and a, like a, an educator. Um, I don't know if I ever need to be a PAP creator. And I'm always kind of like wondering, like, okay, well, why? At this point now, given how many projects there are, why create a PFP? That, that 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 I don't know. I start to sound like Simon Sinek, right? Like start with why? Okay, like why? Why are you dropping a PFP project into an oversaturated pool of PFP projects? And maybe the why is strong. I don't know. Like I don't know what you like. W would you guys get excited about a new PFP project dropping? Um, <laughs> yeah, I I so if it's yeah, if I like the person who's dropping it, and you know, I want to support. I think there's. I think now. 
there's not really that many new projects dropping. So I think it is kind of exciting when a new project drops and there's more thought behind it than just like somebody trying to get a quick buck, you know? Well, yeah. you're smart to think like, so from our perspective, sure, there are some things that would get me excited. Obviously the chance to make a little bit of money. And then if it is somebody like Jenny said, if it's something that I'd be really passionate about, it'd be awesome. But from your perspective, you know, you've watched all these thousands of people drop projects and it becomes a real job because it's really hard to make money after the initial drop. And a lot of founders have gone through the ringer. A lot of them have quit. A lot of them have given up. A lot of them have also, you know, stuck through it and have, have come through stronger and done really well. But it's a lot to take on. And it's not just the putting the art together and dropping it and having fun. Then it's like a whole, it's a whole thing. So you well, definitely have to I, take that in consideration. Yeah, go ahead. I agree 100%. I mean, like, I love the MFR community for that exact reason. Like, don't get me wrong. Right, right, <laughs> like, right. right. Was, like, absolutely vibe with this whole notion of like here's a stick figure expect nothing and yet somehow thriving right like some of my favorite people i've met in the space rmfers proud to be one like and i think jenny to your point my question back to anybody even that i know that i would want to support is that like well what is the purpose of dropping a pfp versus dropping art in general right because the pfp to me is this like notion of will you take on that identity that like profile picture idea behind it so and i mean yeah sure if if somebody's putting something out and we want to support our friends that absolutely makes sense but in terms of like if you come out with a pfp project and the expectation is that people wear that pfp like what what is the point beyond that unless it is just like hey for the memes but you're right we do see less and less of that so so people ask this a lot they're like what what are going to be the next punks what are going to be the next punks and i absolutely hate that question so much because to me I feel like whatever that next big thing will be, it won't be related to punks. We won't know what it is because it's going to be so different from everything we know that it's going to be the next X. And we're, and then later we're going to be like, what's going to be the next X? But right now we can't we can't picture it, but it won't be the the next punks because punks already exist. So it's got to be fresh, so fresh that we can't think of it. And when it hits us, we're going to be like, whoa, okay. Whatever this is, it's the next big thing, but here's why it's big. And it's not because it's a derivative in any way of something that's been done already. That's what I think. Yeah. My guess for what that thing you're talking about is, is it's going to be a game. And it's going to be a game that we don't know about yet, but everyone's going to need to play it. And they're going to figure out a way to make the assets very desirable. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I would I would love that. That would be super fascinating. That, that's what I, from what you say, that's what I would think. Let me actually digress a tiny bit because something you brought up uh, made me think of another question. So new PFP projects, obviously they're, they're not needed, but what would you think about, this is applicable to actually what I am working on this year. It's not going to be till later in the year, but what would you think about a PFP project based around the mascot of a super popular college football team, like college well, athletic program. But again, you have a clear why, right? Like you want right. you have fan base, right? And you want yep. fan fans to self-reflect, right? It's kind of like, why why does my kid go on Roblox and spend money on some random skin? Because his friends mm -hmm. have it, so he's going to buy the skin. So you already have like an incentivized audience and you're catering to a pain point there, perhaps, right, of having them see that, like, self-identity through support. And that's what I mean. Like, it doesn't have to be a strong why, 
for me, it just can't be like just simply for the sake of like making a mm-hmm. PFP. If it's to support your body or a whole, you know, team or whatever, like I'm I'm here for that. I'm not here for like what we saw in the 50k project I pulled. Like that's not is like okay, what? Well, yeah, like, you must have really seen some <laughs> some absolute slop in there. I am sure. I am Fiverr sure. was busy. <laughs> yeah. Do your rankings take into consideration the quality of the traits or just like quantity? Is like a 3D glasses of 3D glasses is like so if someone has a hat that no one else has but it's just like a stupid like like stick mm-hmm. hat or whatever like does that count like super rare how do you take do you like take any subjectiveness into it that is like the most amazing question thank you jenny says i don't you. ask good questions jenny says i don't ask good questions so thank you for saying that's that. false i have never said that <laughs> thank you for saying that and i'll that give is, you the that is awesome question i do not um, but I think that at some point I would do like a, an outer lumens aesthetic picks, like which would just be for me and things that I personally vibe with. But that is like, I mean, you can't ever argue taste. I learned that in my design career, really like early on, you know, where clients like, we like this color palette and all I can do is be like, okay, well, it doesn't pass contrast checking accessibility, but I can't be like, it's because I hate red, right? You know how it works. <laughs> so it's a similar thing in this. A lot of it is actually driven by the the name of the trait. Like if they called it a beanie, I go in and I have a look. It's interesting. I mean, the punks have a beanie trait, but it's one of those spinner hats, right? It's not like what we would define as a beanie in terms of like a knitted cap. So there is there is like, you know, then I look at the spinner hat and I try to find more spinner hats. So there is definitely like some of that in, in investigation going on in terms of like what somebody named a trait and what it actually looks like. Um, but, but, but generally I, I'm, I'm not like involved in, if it's, if it's the ugliest stick figurey, whatever hat I've seen, but it's called a straw hat and it was first and it has like three lines that look like straw. We're in it. That's the one that had the first straw hat. <laughs> I'm not going to like, you know, be, be, be mad about it, but you know, I may not necessarily vibe with it, but yeah, I, I really like that question and that's a good point. Maybe I'll add a, a page in the book for like, these are my actual like favorite art, you know, these are like the art things that, that, that I enjoy that I like throughout seeing that. That's, that's a good point. That's like, I'm totally going to do that. Be like author's note, by the way, <laughs> here's what I actually vibe with. And then how about the phenomenon I've noticed where like when a project would come out and get popular and there would be a new trait there, but that was really rare. Like sometimes so like a, a, the next project will take a rare trait from someone else and make it unrare. You know what I mean? Someone will, will put laser eyes on half the project or something like that. And that might affect those things as well. You know, I don't know if you've thought about that. I know that's really getting deep into it. I find it so interesting. Like, oh yeah, that I- database... I could probably I could look at it for like days at a time. I'm a I'm a data guy too. I love that stuff. So that's just so cool that you put that together. I'm fascinated. Thanks. Yeah. It's it's yeah. it's a really good feedback for me too. Like I know I'm not the only weirdo out here. Like <laughs> if I release this, I think I hope some people will get lost in in <laughs> in the filters and just like, you know, browsing all these projects. To go back to your question, that is something I actually look for to see if a project has floored you know, in terms of uh, rarity, has floored a rare trait. I don't, I can't, I don't, like, I have to pick a trait to do that with. 
So like I did it for 3D glasses, but I picked like some of the higher selling projects because remember, like if I just do 3D glasses with the volume that I set, it's going to be like thousands of projects. So sometimes I want to narrow it down and just look at like maybe the top 20 top sellers and look at their 3D trade, if that makes sense, because otherwise you just get, you know, you get lost in the stuff. So and yeah, I haven't I mean, for 3D glasses specifically, I've not seen anybody more them. So, I mean, this is a very like generalized take and, you know, remains to be seen as a deep dive it. But my hypothesis is that generally once like a rarity is established by a prominent project, I think it remains. But I haven't done it for like a ton of trades. So if I find something, I'll definitely like I am looking for that. I think it's really fascinating to me because because to your That's- point, like, you know, take 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 a gold body. They're very prized, right? On a lot. So like, is there a project that has gold as like the main the main base, and and maybe like something else is isn't? But I haven't haven't seen that yet. But I, I'm sure it's out there. I hope I find it. I really do. Yeah. Well, it's good to hear that people are respecting the rarity. I like that. So far, yeah. yeah. I mean, how often is like does it? Do, do people care about rarity anymore? Like, I I don't know. It's 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 an interesting. Yeah. I think conversation too, right? Like, right. I way more care about aesthetic. If I'm buying, if I'm buying, like, if I was looking to buy a doodle, per se, and it's like a one point, you know, seven floor, I'll go anywhere from one point seven to like two point one and find one that I like. And honestly, yeah. the like, I'd rather it be a little more rare, but I'd more rather it be something that I'm happy to represent with. Like yeah, way well, more, that's it, way right? Yeah, buy the ugly stuff so that you can yeah. flip it, and then buy buy the good right. stuff for you that you're gonna rot, you know, as as your actual identity. Yeah, yeah. I, I like I like Jenny's doodle in the background. <laughs> so oh, iconic! Yeah. Oh, oh look at that! That's awesome. <laughs> Love yeah, Je- it. Jenny's got have... a great setup. Yeah, there's the Avastar oh, yeah, there too. Avastar. You mentioned Avastars, yeah. With the crown, yeah. Have have <laughs> one of those too. That That's collection amazing. is growing all the time. That's a that no. It's just I never show the whole thing because, but I'm oh, on my okay. stand up desk today, so nice. you can kind of see more. But um, it, I've had all these for a while, but yeah, I do want to get some new ones of some NFTs that I really like because I like that I can just see them and it's yeah. like they're in the background of my videos and stuff like that, but. What are the next ones you, you know want to get? Yeah, I was gonna ask. Like, what what are you what are you looking at? Um, I mean, basically ones that I won't sell. Like ones that I, because I don't want to like have one up and then it's like, oh, I end up selling it. So basically, forever NFTs that I just vibe with. You know, usually for me, there's like a sentimental, you know, story behind me having it, and that always makes me so like attached. And so, yeah, if like somebody gifted it to me or like, yep. I don't know, I made a special trade with somebody like I, I'm just I'm attached. I'm like, oh, like, oh, I just remember when this happened and this is how I got this NFT. So they're like yeah. keepers of memories for you. That's yeah, that's, that's so I love that so much. Yeah, this year. So it's funny. The last two years. I bought as my first transaction on chain, like on my main wallet. I I I bought a Dicklebutt twice, and the reason for this is because I was I hosted a New Year's Space 2021 to 2022 in like six time zones, 
And everybody that came in, we decided we needed costumes. And I don't know who came in and had a dicklebutt as a joke. So we all had dicklebutts and we were just sending them around. And so if you hopped into a space, we all had these ridiculous, like, they were so ridiculous. But I had a good year that year. So I'm like, okay, maybe it's some kind of like superstition or something. I'm going to start the next year off with buying dicklebutt as my first like transaction. And then, but this year I'm like, you know, I don't know. I'm feeling like a different vibe. So this year instead, I decided to go for art blocks art. So I started oh, 2024 with with a curated art blocks art. And I've actually been bidding on on art blocks. So yeah, that's it's interesting. I decided to just go through and really deep dive some of the, the stuff that's that's there and, and pick out what I liked and add a little bit more art to, to my collection. I, I started 2024 with that. Jenny, I also have to say, I have a ginger cat as well. And I'm very there. aware of... I'm very aware of ginger cat activities. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's been playing at my feet the entire time. He had, he just found a little straw in, in my apartment the other day. And he's just been like as if he's like a dog just wanting me to like kick it away for him so he can go run and chase it. Does he fetch too? My cat fetches. <laughs> really? Like it, yes. he'll come back to you with the thing? She, yeah, she's uh. a, she, she, it's a she. I got like a whatever. Oh, the rare trait, the the female ginger. I don't know. It was at the it was at the the humane society. <laughs> I Aww. saw her and I'm like, you'll be mine. Uh, but she will. She chance. has this like plastic ball, and if you if you fed like if you throw it, she'll come back with it in her mouth. And it's just such a dog that cat. Is so cute. But yeah. yeah, tabbies like they love attention. And then I have a black cat, and she's like, you know, if I touch don't her touch in me. a day, like I'm so lucky, you know, like I'm blessed if she comes and sits on my lap. I feel like I can't move until she moves first because I'm like, oh, my God, a rare moment. So awesome. What is the hoodie that you're wearing? It looks so good. Cool man oh, universe, actually. Nice. Yeah, okay, there we go. <laughs> I didn't that- even have one, but I saw somebody had ordered merch and it was like really good sale. I think this hoodie was like 18 bucks or something. And then I went and bought a cool man after that because I'm like, I can't have merch of another she I don't even have so but I love this hoodie with the sweatpants get the the hoodie hoodie on sale for 18 bucks and you probably spend like 200 probably just spend like 200 for the NFT or something I will tell you for I think 0.24 0.04 oh 0.04 okay that's still 100 bucks still 100 dollars is it I'm bullish on this hoodie Uh, (laughs) my my favorite that is a nice hoodie that is a nice hoodie Okay, I'll tell you guys my favorite piece of merch that's related to NFTs, and it might be surprising. So as someone who has like all the ape things, like Pixel Vol, Adidas, like I don't know, I bought in like so many things, but I absolutely love the Alien Friends blue GM hoodie. It is bright blue with blue GMs that are like reflective. And to your point, Jenny, I've been like, I have an Alien Friend, but I want, but I, but I, but I want like the blue hoodie alien friend to match the hoodie. So sometimes I go in and see if there's any for sale at like a reasonable discount so I can have like Aww. the actual trait. But yeah, that hoodie is amazing. Like anywhere I go, because it just says GM on it and, and like gamers know what that is. I don't know. I just get like a lot of comments on it. And it's also like so bright blue. Like you can't like, yeah, it's so noticeable. And yeah, it's. I'm it, trying it's, to find it right now. I got yeah, it. Do I need it, this al- <laughs> Alienfriends.junipercrates.com. You can buy them right now. Yeah, 70, they're not 75 gated. Bucks. They're not 35. gated. 
and they're not exactly cheap, but I, I love it. Just get like biggers because I, I, I mean, I, I, I washed the first one that I got and it mm. shrank. So then I went for yeah. like a huge one and it shrank to like perfect uh, oversize. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, I absolutely have two of them now and I love it. And yeah, it's it's such a like, I, it's the thing that gets like so many comments because it just it's like the weirdest looking blue ever. It's so bright. And yeah, I don't know. It, 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 I vibe with that. And I love that it's a GM. I don't know. There's just something about I love it. That. Yeah, but now I'm gonna go in, like deep dive, cool man, and their merch. Yes. <laughs> no, their merch is like crazy cheap right now. I don't is know. It, why. Is it still like it's, it's still public, or do I need? Cool a, man. I guess I don't need a token. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's public. They have. Uh, yeah, the hoodie was twenty bucks. Sweatpants eighteen. Are they then... matching? Do they have like planets yeah. on the sweatpants? Yeah. What? Oh, it's okay. So sick. Girl, I wore I'm... it out, and I got like compl- and I never get compliments on my outfits. And people were like, "Wow, I like your fit." And I was like, "Oh yes, let's go." Okay, I'm I'm so doing this. <laughs> yes, get all I the love cool it. Grind. Let's go. Yeah, I need yeah, I need merch. more merch. This is great. I know you can never have enough NFT merch. I have way too much. No, you really can't. I love it. Sometimes, like I make my own stuff for conferences and stuff, and I put like my NFTs on it, and that's super fun too. And it's so funny, like I, you know people recognize it whatever if they know me um but yeah the craziest was getting recognized just by my voice on the street corner in new york what that was ridiculous That's crazy. yeah yeah michael would have heard the story because i told in coffee with captain there's a guy named keith uh from the moonbirds community who would listen to coffee with captain every morning and i was standing on the street corner after trying to get into the goblin party and i hopped into a space because it was one of those like fomo nft nyc spaces so i just hopped in and i'm like chatting whatever and we're waiting for for an Uber. And then behind me, I hear someone say, and I'm like, so I, I turn around and he's like, hey, I'm Keith. And I'm like, oh, my God, so nice to meet you. But I've never like I've never, ever in my life have been recognized by just my voice. Um, except that's, for yeah, on that's that's, wild. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Your like voice I, is famous. Let's go. I guess you made so. it. He, I think it's my laugh. People tell me it's the way I laugh because I must have laughed. And he, as soon as wow. I laughed, he was like, that's totally like, and I guess he's listening to coffee and I used to be on there like way more. So yeah, it was, it was, it was hilarious, but it was so like, it was so weird. It not only is like somebody saying your like pseudonym on the street, that's weird, right? Like it's yeah. not your name, <laughs> but then also like out of nowhere, like 1am. Yeah, that was wild. That's and pretty was, wild. Are you guys going to any events? What are you looking at? What's, what's 2024 look like for, for event stuff for you guys? Um, I mean, I think we're both trying to go to VCon in LA in August. We're definitely um, doing VCon. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty 50-50, hopefully a little more than 50-50 to do Blockchain Week Paris. That's what I really want to do. Ooh, that's the one coming up next month? No, that's NFT Paris. Blockchain, oh, okay. Blockchain Week Paris is the end of April. And um, we had uh, Robbie Young on from Animoca Brands, and he made a very nice offer. So we try to take him up on it and and head out there. Also, what else do we want to? What else? Do I, I kind of want to do year? NFT NYC. Um, I would I would like to, but Paris is the same month. Yeah, um, I'm going to NFT NYC. You got NFT NYC. Yeah, I'm speaking again. Oh, um, nice! But also, I want to go see the total solar eclipse on the eighth. But mm. like south, so I think the plan is to like drive and do NFT NYC from the second to the fifth and hang out in New York for a bit, and then head down to 
Texas and uh, and see the total solar eclipse. Oh, let's go. I'm in Texas. What? Okay. Wait, what, so what's <laughs> happening here? Uh, well, you better get a- out. Get out, Jenny. <laughs> get out now. What? I can't leave April, my April 8th is a total solar eclipse. Where- yeah, I'm going to find the map. I'll find the map because they usually show a map. of. Yeah. Where so it- Texas is going to have really good totality, which means you're going to get the most time with the sun being covered. And as long as you have special glasses, it's like some of the coolest stuff you'll ever witness because the sun disappears. And it's like, I don't know what time this one is, but the last one in 2017, we were in like St. Louis. And it was wild. All of the night, like all of the night insects started, like they just came right out at two and the temperature dropped like a ton. It got cold. It like literally became night at like 2 p.m. just because the sun was blocked. And to like physically experience this is wild because it it makes you understand like if you're in like some kind of sci-fi movie or novel or something where like the sun disappears, this physically happens to you and you're standing there and you're like, why is it night and why is it cold even though it's 2 p.m.? This is crazy. So it's happening again. And if you're yeah. in Texas, you likely are going to have sun in April, which is why we're heading down so we can actually see it. <laughs> hey, and Jenny, check out the map I just sent you. I'm not going to say whether it goes through your town or not, but you can look at it. Thank you for the map. Yeah, I, I clicked on the link. I, I see... That's dope. I didn't even know about that. So thanks for putting yeah, that yeah. on the radar. I'm here to bring the total solar eclipse alpha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fun fact. So April 8th. April 8th, I guess. That's yeah. the date. Gotta put that in my calendar. It shows all the uh, cities it goes through. Yeah. They Pretty they do cool. this. It's it's really wild that we're getting we're getting two of them in such a short amount of time. In 2017 and then seven years later. Usually like they don't happen that often. So it's yeah. it's kind of cool that we're getting two mm. two almost in a row. I want to say air quotes for solar eclipse time. <laughs> I have a minute. I have a cousin that swears the Earth is flat, and like, like you're not like kidding. This. No, I'm not kidding. And oh, he's yeah. actually like a smart dude, but he's like he's like too smart for his own good. He gets caught up in these YouTube videos. But do you ever wonder if he's just trolling you or not? Like at some no, point, no, he's not. There's other things. How do you too. really know? He doesn't. He doesn't think the dinosaurs existed. Like he, uh, he's not funny. trolling. Yeah. <laughs> like he. Sometimes I, end of sentence. Yeah. He, Sometimes yeah. I, I, I like to troll because I think it's funny to troll that way. Like, oh, I, I troll too. Oh, oh I get people going too. Like I'll hype them up. I start if there's an article that even like slightly insinuates that he might be right, like. The other day, NASA postponed like a moon landing or whatever. To, and I sent it to him. He's like, yep, of course they postponed it. They can't do it. It's not real. He's like, <laughs> I definitely get him going. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Yep. Okay. We got to get into gas words here, which is our final segment. And it's our rapid fire questions segment where we each ask five rapid fire questions that may or may not have to do with the NFT space. So are you ready? Oh my God. Okay. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Actually, um, my first question is a community question. Um, and it is what is your best purchase and worst purchase in Web3? Oh, okay. Um, in terms of community? Oh, no. I just meant someone in our community asked the question. Oh, got it. Okay. Um, okay. So I guess. In terms of like gains or what, like it's I hard mean, to explain. Whatever, you, whatever you want, you want. Yeah. I'm gonna answer. I'm yeah. gonna answer it in terms of gains. Like just like why not? That seems to be the the the, the most like 
you know, interest. So in terms of gains, I think Cool Cat <laughs> was probably like, you know, a, a decent win. Um, worst purchase, I don't know, man, whatever's in my hidden folder, like just, you know, we all have them. Um, I think my best purchase in terms of like what I value um, for myself, like, like that's still in my wallet. I wanted this particular hash mask in July of 2021 and I put a heart on it and it was a whale that held 183 of them and I knew I was like never going to get it because you never know. And seven months later, in the middle of the night, I see it up for sale and I, I, <laughs> I didn't have enough ETH and I was like, I need this. So luckily I'm in a degen relationship. So when I wake up my husband in the middle of the night, I'm like, wake up. Said, what what what's going on he got up and he gave me some eat and uh, and i bought it so seven months after wanting something i ended up getting it and i have it and it's mine and that is my best purchase not because of value but because of pining after something talk about delayed gratification you had a really it's ridiculous time for that i blink i blink like you know like it's it's late and i'm looking and i'm like is this for real and then my heart was still on it like you know so i could tell it was the right one i'm like oh my god as if this is happening this is crazy yeah that was that, that was the best that is a great story i have one nft like that that i have my eye on it's only one it's my original keen kingfisher v friend that i sold originally oh. for like five ETH and haven't it's just sitting out there one day I'm excited to be I was supposed to, I was supposed to go last year, but my partner broke his hand. So hopefully this mm. year we we end Do up. Do we going. know your partner? Because you say he's really he's an NFT. Yeah, his name is Divide. He's punk six like, five punk six five two nine. Yeah, imagine. No, I'm no. just kidding. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> punk and even six, and even if it was, I wouldn't tell you, right? Yeah. So no, oh. he goes he goes by um <laughs> goes by Divide. I think it's underscore RIP now because his account like was suspended in that whole realm of suspended accounts. He's 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 fairly introverted, but I get him out once in a while. Um, but yeah, he's he's around. He's just kind of like busy and not exactly, not exactly like a person that wants to go in spaces for like three hours. Right. Heck yeah! All right, my first question is: What is your favorite travel destination? Whoa. Um. So I'm a rock climber. So like wow. any any new place where where I get to touch rock, my my goal, my next goal is to go to Fontainebleau and Boulder in France. Mm. But You're I also, an outdoor rock climber yeah. or indoor? Oh, well, well, outdoor. Well, oh, okay. yeah, uh, outdoor. Wow. That's next yeah. level, outdoor. That's like... Yeah, it yeah. is. I, I, I lived in Yosemite for a summer and climbed like oh, that wow. kind of... Yeah, wow. like that was, that was a big like... That was a big thing and just like traveling around bouldering was, was a big part of my life. Um, I really, really enjoyed it and yeah i just recently actually got like super back into it so that's why i'm like cool i want to go and um but yeah somewhere where i get to be in nature but also yeah like touching touching some really awesome rock is is always good that's awesome um my next question is coffee or tea whoa okay so i don't i don't drink either to be honest really so you yeah. don't drink caffeine or I don't drink caffeine, but oh, I do good. I do once I'm already like a wired human being. Like I'm yeah. just like I'm at like, you know, two hundred when I wake up. So <laughs> I can't I can't do caffeine because that like crosses the wires and I just crash. Right. It doesn't do this it doesn't have a same effect on me as it does on most people when they need to wake up. Like I'm already like so yeah. But I do love the flavor of Earl Grey. So when oh. it's like when what Earl Grey is in stuff, 
I'm obsessed. Like I, I had this like Earl Grey squares, some like bakery made. Like anytime that like bergamot flavor is in something, yes, yes, absolutely. I'm so there for it. So tea, I would say between the two. <laughs> All right, apes or punks? Punks. Okay. Ooh, she even though she worked well, Yuga's punk. Punks is Yuga too, so that's a. <laughs> you should learn you, yeah. yeah. I actually retired that question. That was like one of the original ones I was asking everybody and everybody was saying punks. I thought maybe nobody it'd be a little apes. different. Yeah, nobody says apes. So it's obviously, obviously punks. Go ahead, Jenny. <laughs> uh, what was your first job? Oh, okay. Um, the very, very first job, I sold flowers on like for holidays. They would put these like flower people on street corners, like at, at gas stations and stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I ended up being one of these like flower selling people. So you like sit in a camping chair with like a bucket of flowers and people would like pull up and buy them for like Mother's Day or whatever the holiday was. That was my, that was my very first job. Nice. How old were you? Were you like? Oh, like a, like a teenager. It was like a mom knew a friend of a friend or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. What is your favorite flavor of ice cream? Chocolate. Chocolate orange. It's like the best. That would be specifically orange. Yeah. Um, did, hey, so what's did in you, your I, hand? I saw that. This. It's a. Uh, what? He's a rock heck? climber. He's practicing it's a, hand <laughs> a hand. You're trying to strengthen your hands. Wow. Wow. Yeah, you're multitasking just... over here. Uh, okay. I see you. Yeah. Um, yep. What did you think it was? You tried to catch me with something else, didn't you? <laughs> I, I thought it was <laughs> a pipe. I know. That's what I figured you thought it was. That's what I figured you thought. It was. Never. I would never disrespect our guests by doing that on the air. That's insane. Oh, I would not be disrespected. But also, <laughs> I really vibe with the glitter, sparkly headphones, Jenny. That's oh amazing. my god! Wait, I gotta show you this because I so finally finished them, and I spent hours over the last month or so, like doing this. You did it. I am obsessed. Oh my god, those are amazing. Those are oh, yeah. I love Those like nice. flinging things out, I'll and I even did my mic a bit. <laughs> love it, love it. Yeah, so, I'm all you. about like shiny things. Absolutely, I bought I bought this glitter wood stain. My husband's like, bro, you can't, you can't stain our wood with glitter. I'm like, why not? <laughs> love that. Yeah, don't you just love sparkly things that catch your eye? Um, so, so I don't think you heard yeah. my uh, third question, right? Because I, cause oh, I glitched out there. No. Is that what happened? Yep. So favorite flavor of ice cream? Oh, yeah. yeah I said, we did hear that. Yeah. Oh, I, said, I, I didn't hear an answer. I didn't it's hear okay. an answer. It's chocolate orange. Chocolate orange. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Who, who sells that? So Is you like buy lo- chocolate. Local you, store? Well, you buy okay. chocolate ice cream mm-hmm. and then you just add a few drops of orange oil and you're, sure. you, you're orange golden. Oil. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. And you like... Yeah, I discovered orange oil and I'm obsessed. I would make like an orange syrup, I'm picturing, or like cuz you have you ever had those chocolate oranges that you like smack and they go into like the little slices? Is that a Canada thing? I don't know if it is. Or like, not. I like know them, candy, but I, I don't like orange slices and then you put chocolate over it. I've had that. No, it's like oh. it's a chocolate bar, except it's in the shape of an orange, and it comes in like a and foil. Each what? one's like each one's like individual, yeah. right? Yeah, it's yeah, called yeah, Terry's chocolate about. orange, and you like whack it, and all of them like fall apart, and then you open the foil, and you can just eat chocolate orange slices, like it's chocolate, but it's orange flavored. 
So when that happened to me, I was like, I like chocolate orange everything. And so then I found orange oil and I added to chocolate ice cream. (laughs) Make it. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. My third. Wait, what did I ask? Oh, no. I guess it's my fourth question is what is a book that changed your life? Wow. Let's see. Okay. Go deep on this one. So I once read this book. It's part of uh, the Deptford trilogy by this Canadian author named Robertson Davies. And I actually love Robertson Davies because he's really deep into Jungian psychology, which I think is so interesting. And psychology to me is interesting because especially if I wear the UX designer hat, that's all psychology, right? People behavior is exactly what user experiences. Anyways, part of the Step for Trilogy, the first book called Fifth Business, there's it's a story and I'm totally going to just spoil it because there's no way anyone's going to read this book. It's like super old and ancient, but it got into my hands and I'm so happy that I read it. There is a snowball fight between two young kids and this the there's a, a mean kid who puts a rock into a snowball and he he hits a pregnant woman and then causes her to give birth to a kid and the whole trilogy revolves around that kid being born and later they meet and like it's just it's so ridiculous how like it made me realize that things that i do in my life will have an impact on my life later like nothing else ever has if that makes sense cuz because I'm very like live in the present and that book really helped me understand that at some point I will be like 60 <laughs> and like if I live that long and I'm gonna have to deal with 60 year old me and I don't know what she's gonna be like but I know that I have a lot of influence now on whether or not I'm gonna like her or not if that makes sense and that was really important for me and ties back into what I said about like making the days feel long and like I don't know I just wanted to get really comfortable with this like and also, the way that I see seniors made me see them differently. Like, I, I, I think I see them now. I tended, like, when, especially when you're really young, I feel like we live in a bubble of our own, like, age demographic. And just, like, yeah, I don't know, it made me reflect on, like, huh, what's it, what's it going to be? Like, what am I not doing now that I'm going to be, like, old? I'm going to be like, oh, my God, if only I had done that. So that book really kind of de- reading it helped me like define in my mind that I am actually like super in like steering the ship of that destiny. So it made me more like aware of it, if that makes sense. And before I was never like that. I was just like, well, whatever. See the day. (laughs) And then I got all deep with it and I'm like, damn, okay, okay. Like I learned how to do random things that I've never done before. Like I never, I was never like diving. Like I would never dive into the water. It terrified me to go like, at first because I got super embarrassed when I was really young and it like just like was not the right vibe and then like as an adult I relearned that I was like okay I can totally learn how to dive this is like it's gonna be okay so I've been doing a lot of those things like what can I do that's like something I can't do that I'm gonna totally like be on my deathbed and be like why didn't I dive what a stupid thing to not have done <laughs> yeah that book got me on a on a quest for a for a self I want to actually be friends with once I'm older. That's amazing. What was the book called? I don't know if you said the title. It's called so the whole entire thing is called the Deptford Trilogy, but the very first book in the trilogy is what I read that got me thinking. And it's called um Fifth Business. And Fifth Business, the way that it's defined is interesting because it's like like I was fifth business to you guys, maybe in passing, maybe on Twitter. But now that we've had this conversation, 
we're like first person characters right now. Fifth business is like all of the uh, like all of the background actors. Like you don't really notice them, but yet they help shape a story. But this is kind of why to that that whole like takeaway from the book is that you never know who in your own life is business until they become like main characters in your life. And that got me really thinking about it. But yeah, he's 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 like he's also a writer that uses English in the most like incredible way. Um, so yeah, I definitely was looking up a lot of words because there is a word for everything in English, and I'm like, damn, this. Robertson Davies has like full command of the English language and I'm not a native English language speaker. So I really appreciate like fully deep diving English as well through him. I'm like, okay, this is nobody speaks like this. This is really, really cool that there is a word for for everything. We just happen not to use it. So yeah. Anyway, never thought I would talk about that. That's wild. So if anybody is like nerdy enough <laughs> to pull out and read that book, my God, please DM me. I want to know your take on uh, on Fifth Business. That was nice. great little story. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Heck yeah. Uh, where is your favorite museum? My favorite museum? Yeah. Museum. 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 I, 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 I love that question because everybody makes fun of the way I say museum. And you didn't even, most, sometimes people don't even understand it. Like you're like, what word was that? It's well, I wasn't sure if you were with like, there was like music or maybe uh, I'm like, oh, I'm like, damn, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, is it, is it music or is it, is it, is it museum? Um, my favorite museum. Well, yeah. the, I would say a big highlight for me experientially is, um, the Exploratorium in San Francisco. I don't know if it classifies necessarily as a museum per se, but what I like about it is it's, it's all hands-on. So like you really just get to experience whatever it is as opposed to being like talked at if you will through exhibits you get to feel and interact with the exhibits everything is like touch or play or whatever it's very play-based i really really like that a lot um so that one is definitely like up there and then i have to pay homage to um i used to live in ottawa in in canada it's like the capital and it had the national art gallery and so my my mom was very much like, you have to study science. You can't do art because art's going to make you no money. So you got to like go the science route. But in high school, um, I would go. So they have a free night on Thursday nights or I don't know what night it is now. I think it's still the same. It has been changed in like years. But um, I would go and I would go to the art openings and I would go to the gallery and I gave myself the like 5,000 or whatever hours of art education because I really was interested in art and being creative, but I wasn't allowed to like pursue it professionally. And, you know, you kind of listen to your parents at the beginning. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's ridiculous. But it was really incredible to completely get an art education by myself through being super inspired by all the rotating exhibits and just like reading curatorial statements. And so it was like, when I started exhibiting my own art, it was wild because I just had like a science CV, but I could write curatorial statements. I could install a show and I created my own art. So it was very much like, it was really weird getting my first exhibition just because I did not come from an artistic background at all professionally and academically. But yet, because I gave myself that like huge stepping like stone into it, I, I, I was able to to like transition and, and finally, you know, be an artist without having done like a bfa or or whatever like at the level where you are exhibiting 
so yeah, it was it was really cool to do that. So those two are like, yeah, I love the experiential stuff. And I absolutely have to pay homage to the National Art Gallery because my art beginnings like 100% are there and kudos to them for having like free, free accessible like nights to people that you just like wouldn't pay to go see art. I think that's so huge and important to be able to do that because there's no way I would have paid to go. So the fact that they had a free night was was big. Nice. Um, okay, my last question is actually pulled from something you said earlier. I'm just going to make this my last question. Um, you said that English is not your native language. What is your um, native language? Yeah, my first language is Russian. Russian? I, oh. Yeah. I came to Canada with my mom as like a, a refugee. We got sponsored and then, yeah, did the whole classic like immigrant whatever story. So, yeah. But it's it's interesting. Like, um, yeah, I don't know. I've been thinking about that a lot in terms of origin and talking to some of my friends that are also immigrants especially like like some of my polish friends and just like identifying especially with like 23 and me and some of the like and i shout out genomes dow um <laughs> genomes dow is like the web three version of, of of that i don't know what they're up to but yeah it's oh, funny boy. i know digression um but anyways just thinking about like you know like like origin i don't know if you guys have done yours i haven't done mine yet but i'm super curious about it um because i know like my, my mom is is interesting like she was born in moscow but her parents were not her dad's polish and her mom's ukrainian and so it's interesting it's like well you know i was born in moscow so i'm russian yeah i don't know it's it's been it's been fascinating to like deep dive that kind of stuff and it's happening a lot too with folks in canada who are like finding out that they have indigenous roots right as they yeah so like this whole i don't know maybe a story for another time but it's really interesting to kind of like deep dive some of the genetic stuff that's available now to people and it's like well what what about the story that you grew up with versus like the genetic story that you're told if that makes sense like and how do those two combine together yeah that is very interesting i definitely haven't done the 23 and me thing <clears throat> i had a friend who did it and that's how she found out she was adopted. Oh. And I have heard so many of those type of stories oh. that I'm like, that's oh a little scary. I don't know if I want to know things that I don't know now. Like, let me just, I just kind of want to believe whatever I believe now. And I'm I don't think I'm adopted or anything, but it's kind of like, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know. What if I find out something that I'm like, okay, I didn't want to know this information. You, and, so Steph, you and Steph aren't really twins. <laughs> I don't actually have a twin. No, that would yeah. be crazy, but. I don't want it for the disease. Like in Canada, I don't know if you have that in the U.S. Because I remember they were like getting some kind of different laws or whatever. But in Canada, you can get your health one, right? For all of your like potential genes for various cancer markers and stuff and other diseases. And I'm like, that's me putting a target on my back. Like I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily need to know that. Like what's the point of that? I don't like, I'm just going to, that will overshadow. It'll almost, it'll like manifest it, right? right? It's yeah, just going to overshadow yeah, yeah. like the entire existence that I have from getting that report and being like, oh, right. I'm there. You know, like I don't, you know, yeah, I don't like, even notice. Yeah, your day is uh, 2037. You know, it's like, what? Yeah, right. It's like, right. no, I don't, I don't need to go down that like that yeah. battle. If I'm feeling okay, that. fine. You know, yeah, it's, it's so, it's so weird. I definitely know people that have been affected by that. Like not so much like the, that story's crazy, Jenny. Like, I don't even, I can't even imagine like what what that's like. But yeah, I have folks that are now like 
super obsessed with with like that identity like i'm going to die from this it's like okay mm. but you're alive right now and that won't happen for like yeah. 40 years so calm down nice uh okay i'm gonna say this before my last question first of all this was a lot of fun it was a pleasure and the reason i can i can let you know that it was is because jenny does not let interviews go this long ever this is like an hour and a half it's usually an hour <laughs> And that means that, it was, that means that it was a good one, um, but it was an absolute pleasure. My final question for you, though, is what is a goal you have for 2024? Oh, my God. My goal for 2024 is not to get sidetracked and just release my damn coffee get table book. book. Yes. Oh, my God. Is it my dream? I just want to get it out. I'm already been so like I've had some things come up. Do you want to do this? Do you want to work on this? And I'm 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 fighting like picture me like Link. You know, with my shield, top armor, my sword, and I'm just like, no, I, I'm saying, you no, know what? Get, no. get your get your book out because those offers will keep coming in, especially afterward, because you're crushing it, and the people are always gonna always gonna want, <coughs> excuse me are gonna want you, you know, on their staff want your expertise. So get that book out for sure. I love. I that. appreciate that. Yeah, that's yep. that is my like laser focus, 2024 goal. Nice. This is it. Yes, I'm doing it. <laughs> no more. No more digression. All right. Amazing. I do need to make my move. But okay, I'll, I'll awesome. wrap it up. Outer, Outer Lumen, thank you so much. I appreciate thank it. Thank you appreciate both. You this has yeah, been this so awesome. awesome. I really appreciate you both taking the time and talking to me. This is great. Yeah, thank you for coming on. This really has been a great episode. And Michael, he always lies about me, but that last thing he said was true. I usually cut it off after an hour or so. <laughs> no, this was great. And... um yeah, let us know when your book comes out too, because we'd love to shout it out on the pod. Um, oh, so. that'd be sweet. Yeah, and if you come to New York, definitely, definitely let me know if you end up going to NFTNYC. Yes, I will. Yeah, I, I hope to go. So yeah, I'll hit you up if I do end up going. Um, but Michael's like waving as he's running off in the background. But yeah, thank you so much to everybody who tuned into this episode of the NFT Catcher Podcast, and we will catch you in the next one. Thank you for tuning in to the NFT Catcher Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and learned something new about the exciting world of NFTs. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you really love what you're hearing, please leave us a rating and review on your favorite platform. If you want to stay up to date with the latest news and insights from the NFT space, be sure to follow us on all the socials at NFT Catcher Pod. You can follow Jennifer at Jennifer underscore pseudo and Michael at NF Ticket. I'm your producer, Andy, and I'm at AJC254. Our theme songs by It's Just Los. We always appreciate your feedback and support, which helps us reach more people and bring you informative and engaging content about NFTs. We look forward to bringing you more great NFT content in future episodes. Thanks for listening. Peace.